Taste it. Hey, what's on your plate? Is it good? Is it great? Come on, don't hesitate. Sit on down with the unbougie food aid. When you're cooking at home, wanna set the right tone? Just pick up the phone. Sit on down with the unbougie food aid. Good morning, good morning, Twin Cities. This is Wesley Wright, your Umbuji Foodie. I'm the Umbuji Foodie Junior. How's everyone doing this morning? We are going to have a really great show today. Indeed. Yeah. So we want to invite you all, please come in, sit down, have your cup of coffee, uh, whatever it is that you need to do to, you know, relax, uh, but just be prepared for um, a serious conversation. We are, I want to once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we are here every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on 104.7 WEQY. Uh, let me first give you the telephone number so that you could call in because, and, and we'll, we'll let you know when the phone lines are open and so forth, but just so that you have it available, it's 651 uh, 003479 once again 6512003479 and man this conversation that we're going to have it's um it's it's heavy but it's light we want you to be comfortable but just know that it is a a courageous conversation that we're going to be having a very candid as well uh, we are going to be talking on the subject of cultural appreciation versus appropriation but we have a number of guests that are here in the booth with me. Yo, good morning. <laughs> How y'all doing, Twin Cities, oh Minnesota, goodness. California, <laughs> Montana? Who else is in the house? Oh man, that's my that's Tennessee. my my sissy. <laughs> uh, she that is Marcella uh, Herrera, uh, and please, you're gonna have to get let me. Correct me on this. <laughs> she is our current, uh, I'll say, United reigning. States of America's Mrs. Minnesota 2020. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, but also, more importantly, too, is that she is a diversity and inclusion uh, as well as um, a women's empowerment uh, advocate as well. And Correct. If you're not familiar with her, you do need to get familiar with her. You need to. I won't say you need to be a friend because you really need to kind of like follow her movement and everything like that. But that's, you know, it's personal on one side. And then if you want to be business. my friend, you got to understand exactly. my views. Exactly. You got to have the same kind of mentality of exactly. diversity and inclusion. Exactly. Empowerment. Um, yeah, definitely follow me on Facebook, Marisela Herrera. 
or on Instagram, making the crown chase me. No, definitely. Also, we have um, youth organizer and artist, poet. Um, I'm sorry, I, it's, it, they're they're important. They are important. Activist, activist <laughs> to say. No, it's it's quite all right. That yeah. mic you're going to actually have to really speak into. Yeah, exactly. There we go. I, I think that say something again. Okay, is that good? That's good. Okay, That's good. Perfect. perfect. Awesome. <laughs> um, but also, so thank you for very much for being here. We are. Sh- I'm going to shortly be talking to our third guest, yes. um, um, and that is, uh, I'm going to say her full name, but then name that her. I'll say her students or those that really know her go by, but Dr. Jessica uh, Lopez Lyman, but yeah, she also Dr. goes by Dr. J. J. Is gonna be in the house, y'all. <laughs> Dr. J. She <laughs> is an associate. Uh, excuse me, an assistant professor of. Uh, Le- uh, uh, I was gonna say. G- <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Chicano. Chicano and Latino. I'm so sorry. Um, studies uh, at the U of M. So uh, we are going to be hearing from her very shortly. Yes, we're super excited to have and, her. And so I that's her right there. There she is. Time couldn't be better. Perfect. Hi, uh, caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? I'm hoping that it's not. Hi, this is Jessica. Hi, Dr. Oh, J. Hey, Thank we're you all so here waiting much. for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So cool, so cool. Um, thank you so much uh, for being here with us. Um, I, I would like to kind of like jump right in, but I know that there, you, you know, I really like to give people their own opportunity to talk about themselves and their bio, whatever. So, um, doctor, if you would like to probably tell us, uh, you know, briefly more about um, yourself, what you do. I, I know I uh, introduced you as an associate uh, professor of uh, Chicano and Latin um, studies at the U of M, but I know that there's a vast, um, there's much more uh, vast information towards your uh, your profile and. How you know you're, what you're bringing to the conversation? Yeah. So good morning. Thanks for having me on. Good morning. Um, I was born and raised in St. Paul and did my PhD in Chicano Studies at UC Santa Barbara, which at the time was the only place you could get a PhD in Chicano Studies. Yeah. Um, okay. I moved back here and really excited that I got a job at the U of M, my dream job. And um, I'm also an artist and a new mama. So. Oh. Congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, uh, Marcella, would you like to also um, go a little bit further and tell more about um, who you are, your platform, your platform, and, um, you know, about this conversation that we're actually going to be having today? Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you so much for having us, Wesley. This is definitely an important conversation to start. I know that you have had a couple shows already sharing a little bit about the topic and certain um, things that have happened in our community most recently. So we definitely want to continue the conversation and keep it positive and um, educate our community about the issues that we have had recently um, that we'd like to create awareness for. So with that being said, uh, again, my name is Maricela Herrera. I am a beauty queen, a model, actor 
uh, I was going to say actress. I haven't acted yet. <laughs> no, it's coming. <laughs> Dalzamora, I need a little small clip in one of your videos or one of your movies. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so I am a social justice advocate. I Most of my work has been women empowerment um, that... I've done advocating for women that have uh, gone through, survived, or are going through sexual violence, domestic violence, emotional violence. Um, I have had a platform for the last uh, close to 11 years of diversity and inclusion um, within the corporate field of my previous job, and it just kind of snowballed organically into my own platform. So advocating for women empowerment, for diversity and inclusion um, is really important for me. I'm here with my husband, Walter. Thank you for coming. I'm sorry, Walter. He's always oh, so supportive. And I swear I could tell this man, let's go to the moon, and he'd follow <laughs> me without notice. <laughs> um, but um, with that being said, uh, I have continuously used my platforms to create awareness on different topics that affect us all. So when I say my community, I'm talking about the entire community that I'm surrounded by, women, men, kids, uh, Latinos, uh, you know, anyone that identifies with Mexican-American, Latino-American. Like, it really, mm-hmm. there, we are a melting pot, but that doesn't mean we have to melt into the pot. Um, so let me just make that clear, that um, when we advocate it doesn't matter what ethnic group you come from, what color your skin is, where your background has um, brought you from and where you are today. It's actually about raising awareness, creating unity, sharing a voice and a platform that um, has for a long time been silent. We have been underrepresented. And uh, it's really important to continue to create conversations that create unity and are not divisive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's a lot of confusion over what empowerment looks like. And while support can look different for everyone, people show up in different ways to support you. I really, truly believe that empowerment has nothing to do with creating a derogatory dialogue. Mm-hmm. So um, let's let's let that be first and foremost. Also, um, before we continue the conversation, I would like to take a moment. I know we can't take a really long break on the radio due to radio silence. Right, exactly. But I would like to take at least three seconds of silence here on the radio today in light of everything that our community as a whole has been going through and the verdict on the Breonna Taylor mm-hmm. case is... Right. It is a dark cloud. And it's heartbreaking. It is. It's so heartbreaking. And I'd like to take those three seconds to just honor her family and everyone affected. We stand with our BIPOC community, our Black Lives Matter brothers and sisters out there, our Brown Berets out there fighting for justice in our, you know, all of the social equality um, lines uh and and all the different hats that they wear out there trying to advocate for all of us so if we can just take three seconds of our time right now i'd appreciate it thank you so much definitely it's really important to create um awareness and to create boundaries 
and to be respectful of everyone's views. We may not all agree. We may have difference in opinion, difference in experience. Uh, but at the end of the day, for me, having this courageous conversation and bringing everyone together, and also I'd like to send a shout-out mm. to Marianne. Period. Oh, my Kiddos. goodness. Marianne. Yes. Our godmother of the community. She's like a fairy godmother with so many hats. But I want to send a special thank you for creating such wonderful connections Mm -hmm. within our sisterhood. Um, A lot of the people here today, and as well as Dr. J, we've all been connected somehow on social media, but never really held hands on the front line of anything so it's super i'm super excited to have y'all here with me isabel and dr j and have you connect with my brother uh wesley who we have a long background together but it's really important to um, acknowledge the fact that within our community we have people that are willing to extend an olive branch and connect um and bridge the gaps within our community so With that being said, Isabel, let's uh, hear a little bit about your adventures. Shoo, man. No, <laughs> oh, yes, please. Shoo. Well, I mean, I guess you can say, well, I am a poet, and as well as an activist. I just actually started once the George Floyd incident happened. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of a reaction and a wake-up call to me and just my community in itself and how we need more people to step up to the plate and really show up for what's going on and so yeah I've been out here I, I help out with Mirac I help out with Indigenous Roots a lot I organ I help Marianne organizing a lot of their events awesome as well and so and yeah. she's crazy on the mic y'all <laughs> <laughs> just so you no, know don't give her the mic bit. unless you want her to set it off <laughs> uh, <laughs> it depends what we're talking about you know <laughs> But, um, yeah, I'm also a student, a student at the University of Northwestern, planning to graduate this um, December. Yay. But, yeah. Congratulations, Miha. Exactly, exactly. Thank you, ladies, so much for being here. Uh, Walter, as well, um, don't want to forget about you. Thank you for being supportive, uh, you know, to your, your wonderful uh, wife, uh, spouse, my sister, from another Another mister. mister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to try to be cute about that, but anyway. But, yeah, thank you very much for being here, too. Um, it's it's wonderful to see from a, a male perspective also to also be in with these group of, of amazing women that educators, acti- activists, um, um, advocates, uh, and that you're here as well to um, provide support um, and be the a protector in a sense overall i mean you're not the you're not the um he's a good security guy you, i was gonna say you're not the security guy i'm just saying that in regards to you know folks are worried about or wonder about in during this time period about you know men protecting women and you know when they see them going through certain situations and so forth yeah. it's good to also see that you know there's someone like yourself and many others that are in this space and doing that. So thank you very much. Uh, yeah, thank you, Wesley. Definitely. Uh, yeah, thank you for um, allowing um, you know th- this subject and um, it's a very important topic. And um, I mean, it's it's an honor to be in front of you know 
Mrs. Minnesota. <laughs> I'm telling you. Teaser. <laughs> and, uh, also, you know, our guests and stuff like that. And, Definitely. Uh, and you, I'm, you know, a huge supporter of you. And uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, you are so, you're also my brother. So Thank you, brother. <laughs> yeah, so. But... I, we gotta say we gotta start this conversation. Yes. We're gonna we're jumping right in and everything. Yes, let's start off. I'd like to kick it off with Dr. J. Um, I think that it's super important for our community to understand where the term Latin X yeah. came from. If we can get a little bit of background from an educational standpoint, I know a lot of us do not identify with the X part that was added. However. I think that we're very mindful of the fact that somehow that X was added because we are a huge community, not just specifically like from Mexico or from Latino America. Right. Um, so I'd like to pick your brain on that and give you the floor to share some really good insight on that. And um, we can kick the conversation off right there. All right. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank so, you, Dr. You know, J. Latinx Latinx has a really interesting genealogy when we think about the term. Um, I tell my students that oftentimes we think that words like Latinx started in the U.S., but there's a lot of evidence to show that perhaps it actually started in Mexico or Central America and was brought up north, which is really fantastic when we think about usually how these knowledges um, circulate. So what's the X about? Um, we know that language is so important to our identities. Gloria Andalua talks about language being our second skin. So the X was, is infused to represent that gender is not a binary, that gender is fluid, and that there are many uh, people in the spectrum of gender beyond just um, woman or man. And when we think about Spanish language, we know that the masculine and feminine is very present. Latina, Latino, right? You can have a group of yeah. 100 mujeres, Latinas, and the man walks in and all of a sudden it's Latino. And so gender is, um, language is very political in that way. Um, so just a quick little background more about the term. For a very long time, Chicana feminists, Boricua feminists, Puerto Rican feminists fought to have Chicana or Latina added when addressing the, a group of people or population, especially in writing. So you start to see Latina A slash O, or you have um, an ampersand, the at symbol, was really popular in the 1980, early 1990s to mid 2000s, um, yeah. what we would say Chicana or Latina to represent this dynamic of gender. What I personally do in my writing is I say Latina slash Latino slash Latine because I think it's really important that we acknowledge gender nonconforming people, gender queer, trans folks in our community, which that X represents. Right. Um, the last thing I'll touch on, though, about it is that actually the Pew Center just recently came out with this study that says only about 3% of the Latina, Latino, Latinx community even uses that term. And so I think that it's a generational contention. I know a lot of my mentors who are Chicana and Latina feminists uh, don't like the fact sometimes that they feel like they're being erased by the X because mm. they fought so hard for the A to be there in the first place. And so I think that's an important part of the conversation. And at the same time, we have to uh, embrace and really make sure that we are being inclusive in terms of our broader intake 
about folks that don't see themselves in the A or the O. And so it might be cumbersome, but I kind of use all of the terms, switch them up, and my students are even pushing me to say that the X is outdated. Instead, we're using an E, Latine, mm. it's easier to say in Spanish. That's so, interesting. At the end of the day, I think what's the takeaway? The takeaway is that we have to understand that gender is fluid, that gender is not a binary, and that we ideally want to use terms that people self-identify with when we're describing them. So for me, I'm a Chicana with an X in the beginning, um, and Latinx is something I use just as a way to try to build bridges with other people. That's awesome. Nice. Thank you for sharing. I know there's a lot of controversy around that, a lot of misunderstandings. Yeah. Right. So sure. it's really good to hear it from an educational standpoint and share it so people can then take a step back and reflect on the details that were shared. Exactly. And then take their piece from it. Whether they want to identify with it or not, mm-hmm. it's up to them. But at least now they know. It encompasses everyone. Correct. You know, because admittedly, uh, I, I thank you, um, Dr. J, for mentioning about, you know, it started kind of in an area of like Central America and even um, further south and then brought up and forward. Um, my parents are from Central America. So me personally, my family, we identify with being, even though my parents are kind of have that difficulty. But, you know, <laughs> they're, I know they're in the not denial. But, they you know, dug their heels in. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like we consider ourselves um, Afro-Latino. You know, mm-hmm. or part of, or in that that genre, if you would, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that my father didn't want us to speak Spanish, I would be speaking Spanish. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, but again, you know, I really appreciate um, that explanation. Plus, for the community to get a better understanding, um, and that last part about calling it rather than just using the X and using the E at the end, or um, what is it, Latine? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. was really important, uh, you know, I guess, to bring out as well. And it was that's education for me. So, yeah, I'm glad that was uh, mentioned. Um, we're going to go into the food portion of this, though. Yes. Um, and, and, the, and because this is a food show, you know, we're jumping right in and whatnot. But once again, we are talking on the subject of cultural appreciation versus appropriation. And, you know, having these, again, these educators and their, uh, and advocates and uh, ad- activists here to provide us with um, enlightenment is really important, considering that, you know, we're coming to a time period where um, different foods, you know, are being uh, considered for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, again, this is a food show, still there mm-hmm. is appropriation if you would of uh certain attire and wear that people will say oh yeah this is cute or whatever and it's it's not cute yep. yeah. yeah and so but again going back to the food part i would like to ask all three of you ladies um if you could give your viewpoint on um the sacredness of certain foods, phrases, or just cuisines in the Latin culture, and why is it so important for us to consider that? Um, Because, you know, for us to have these conversations, for me, I want to learn about the stories and be respectful. And not because I'm just trying to be PC in the robotic sense of it, Mm -hmm. but as I go through my day-to-day life and also helping others in the community, um, you want them to have not only a respect, but 
uh, understanding and appreciation why these foods mm-hmm. and these cuisines mm-hmm. are important to different, not just the Latinx, I mean, could, I mean, or to Latinos, but to every culture, to any right, culture, yeah. because it's not just, but it's because, you know, we are having this conversation as individuals that are um, la- Latino or Latina. Um, that's what I feel we need to kind of like focus on, but it uh, goes across the board to any culture. So definitely. And I, again, I want to turn this over to Dr. J to kind of give us the educational part of it. Okay. Um, Dr. J go ahead and take the floor with what cultural appropriation or culinary appropriation means. Please. Yeah, you know, um, we talk about this term a lot, and I think it's great that we're having the conversation right around um, Latinx Heritage Month, the Hispanic Heritage Month, because a lot of these foods start to circulate during September into October as a lot of the countries in Latin America celebrate independence. I also Mm -hmm. think it's important because we have Dia Los Muertos coming up, Mm -hmm. and that's usually the hot button topic for how we see cultural appropriation take place. But when we think about culinary appropriation, the question I always come back to is, why is it so dangerous? It's just food, right? Who cares? We can just break bread with each other. But when we look historically, the reason why culinary appropriation is so dangerous is because it's deeply tied to colonization. Mm. So when we have Spanish invasion happen here in the Americas, um, and we can apply this to many other parts of the world and historical systems that took place, but specifically with Spanish invasion, colonization was not just a military operation to extract resources. We know that the church played a very important role with the crown mm-hmm. in also taking over uh, indigenous people's cultures. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about culture specifically under colonization, mm-hmm. we understand that language was an important thing to take. And obviously we started the conversation today mm-hmm. just talking about identity in terms and how deeply tied they are to who we are as gente. Colonization took religion, rituals, clothing, and they took food, sacred food. Because it's one thing to oppress people with the military regime. But it's another thing to strip away all the layers of identity that make us up who we are, which is what culture ultimately is. So when we look at the topic of corn or lote, um, I really want to recommend to people to check out Dunbar Rafiz's book, Indigenous People History of the U.S. It's fantastic. She has a whole section on corn. And what she talks about in there is that prior to colonization, prior to 1492, there's this uh, kind of myth-making that we talk about in the U.S., that nothing existed, right? It was a vast wilderness. And we know, of course, that there were hundreds, thousands of indigenous nation networks across North and South America. And whether we're talking about the Lakota creation story of our, you know, um, familia here up in the Midwest, or we're talking about creation stories from the Mexica Tonotilan region in Mexico City, um, corn became a part of that creation story. And it was also a part of the different um, migratory patterns across the Americas. It was a way for people to come together. And so when we fast forward to today, you know, and new restaurants are created or um, people use this as a dish because it's sexy, right? And they uh, look culinary appealing to detach it from that history is very painful for people. 
who identified with being either corn people or having ancestry or lineage to those stories because it's not the first time that those stories have been taken, right? It is a further continuation of a colonial logic that strips our culture from who we are. Right. Yes, and that's super important because I think that with the conversations that have already started in the last couple weeks, um, it's really interesting that you brought up the word elotes organically because it has created a little bit of, and I don't want to say little because this has been huge, right? It, It has created a huge misunderstanding and a huge division within our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super important that you touched on that, and I'm so happy that you did organically without anyone even encouraging you to say any of that, <laughs> which is why we came here today with an open dialogue, yes. blank page slate, right? We don't have questions to pull out of a hat. We don't have an audience to ask us questions while we're on the air, but I think it's really important to understand that when people identify or have an experience or a connection to the sustenance and the reason that we Mm -hmm. honor corn. Prosperous, health, wealth, all of that. And and we are seeds. Our children Mm -hmm. represent the corn being put into the earth and continuously giving back. So uh, it's really important that we touch on that and that people understand that because unless you practice traditional rituals, ceremonies, spiritual ceremonies, you wouldn't understand it. So it wouldn't mean the same to to the left side versus the right side of the crowd if we practice different things. I, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was going to... Please, go ahead with your, your viewpoint or your, your no, thought. No, yeah, I was going to add on to that. I think what's something we need to understand is when it comes to culture appropriation as a whole is that, um, you know, as you were saying, some people value the traditions versus some people not, but I think one thing that makes it so urgent to talk about is that, like, for me, I know personally, you know, what my mom makes, you know, elotes or arroz con leche or whatever it is, for me, there's a story behind it. There's love, there's yes. care, there's you, there's people, and that's what makes a culture of culture. And I, I feel like because we live in such a material and capitalistic society where we just take because it's pretty, you forget mm-hmm. why it even originate in the first place. And I think that's what people are frustrated right now, and that's what people don't understand is that, like, we need to be conscious of the people behind it because the only that make the only thing that makes a platter good and special and unique and loving is the people behind it. Yes, and that's interesting you say that because on YouTube recently, so my mother in law she follows this um, older woman on YouTube and yeah. she's making lots yeah. of money yeah, with her is. little yeah. original kitchen, yes, right? Exactly. And she was like, I'm going to invest some money and I'm going to fix my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And YouTube reached out to her and is like, no, leave your kitchen the way it really? is. That's yeah. what draws attention. See. That's what's bringing people yeah, on to watch you because it's authentic. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's genuine. I'm not even going to lie to you. I mean, I appreciate that being said and learning that because my thought process of, dang, I'm not going to cook anything because this kitchen is like, yeah, I don't want you to live in my kitchen. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, even when I'm cooking at home, I'm like, dang, I wish. No. I keep saying to him, I 
wish I had a better kitchen. I wish I had a better kitchen or whatever, because then I videotape more or whatever. But no, dang, but that's urgh. what actually, you know, being authentic that's, and true. That's what people to want. your values, to your upbringing, to, to your culture, to your culture is so important. And not only that, but when you can be genuine yes. and you can be transparent mm-hmm. and vulnerable. That's when people connect. We make true connections within vulnerability. So while we may not have the same social status, we may not have the same educational background, at the end of the day, we're all here hand in hand trying to share each perspective and the differences and why we honor certain things. So it's really um, super important to continue this this and if I could add one more thing too about food and why it's so important, you know, um, I've been working for a long time with a group of mojeres here in the Twin Cities uh, under the tutelage of this person, Pankatani, who um, does womb healing in LA. And I have been taking this course with her, looking at the different herbs for our womb, for our matriz, and learning about the stories of each one, yaro or the importance of that and these foods these teas these spices they're survival mechanisms yes yes and so when we uh, put a price tag on them or when we take them the same thing for fashion right when you just adorn regalia without understanding the sacredness Mm -hmm. it's actually very dangerous because playing with sacred medicines um, can harm you if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Understood. And I think that that's something that oftentimes gets missed in this conversation around culinary appropriation. It's us versus them, or they're taking our stuff. But in actuality, part of this conversation is an act of love to other people saying, you're actually messing with something that you don't even understand the depth of. And this is a right. warning. Right. right. And, and out of love, we are saying this is a warning because you don't know the sacredness of the Lode and what's happening here. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And, and at the same time, traditions change, rituals change, right? That's how we're able to keep them alive generations past when we're talking about it today in 2020, Lode, right? Because our ancestors had these survival mechanisms. Um, and I think that when we think about what will happen in the future, the education piece is important, but also being able to retain our sacred stories and not share everything is also an important part of the survival strategy um, to fight culinary or cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yes. And at the end of the day, we invite people to share our culture, to mm. try our foods, to show up to Dia de los Muertos mm. and get your face painted. Mm-hmm. However, there's a fine line between where you come in and then you take away from our culture and our traditions. Dia de los Muertos is celebrated by a novenario. Nine days before November 1st, there's a novenario, which is a rosary Mm. ceremony in in people's homes before they celebrate and welcome spirits. So if you're taking from that event, you've gone and you've tried the food and you've painted your face and you welcome you enjoyed the event but then you turn around and go use it for halloween that's a smack in the face Mm. so like we do invite people to enjoy our culture to try everything to share it but when you start capitalizing and using it for your own gain then that creates a difference in what you're doing right so at the end of the day if you're capitalizing you're making money on 
our traditions or our food Mm -hmm. of not just ours but any culture but if you are capitalizing on it what are you doing to create sustainability to create empowerment for that said group of people, right? But what about just the the standard respect, though, of you know, from one human being to another? Yes. With it being so much that we are one side of the conversation is saying, well, you have to respect our traditions and this and that, but then you take away traditions from other people and just think, you know, we'll throw it away and whatnot. It's like, well, wait a minute. You want us to respect you, but you're not respecting us and our traditions and everything. And just as much as your traditions are sacred to you and mean and have so much uh, heartfelt meaning, they mean that much to us. Just because you feel that those folks over there are marginalized or you're disparaging them in some um, you know, shape or fashion does not mean that their traditions and so forth are any less important to them Correct. You know, just because you, know, you feel a certain type of way. Right. I, 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 yeah, I apologize I, for inter- interrupting, yeah, but I wanted to... Please yeah, go sure. ahead. One thing that like, I've been... You know, one thing that I've been like, really questioning is like, how do you value the people outside of the culture that you're trying to appreciate? You yes. know, like, I feel like people don't ask that question enough because we kind of, again, we, look, we live in a very materialistic society to the point where we just kind of do things for the clout or we do things because it looks pretty. We do things because like, just so it can look, make me look better. But it's right. like, mm-hmm. you have to understand, like, for me, it wasn't about clout. For me, it's not about all this. Like, it's right. my life. Yeah, it's, it's my culture. It's, period, it's my you know? experience. Yes. Yeah, it's who I am. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why are you dressing up as me when you don't even love me? When you don't even exactly. Amen. Exactly. Amen. All right. Right there. Period. That right yeah, there. Exactly. That part right there. Let that resonate. Exactly. When you don't even love me, but you want to dress up, dress like, up me. like me, you want to impersonate my values and period. my culture, but... You have not done anything to show appreciation for me. Exactly. Wow, that's exactly. good. Yeah, I mean, you. I think to add to that, you know, I think one of the atrocities of white supremacy, and there are so many of mm. them, but one of the atrocities is that white folks have also been stripped of their cultural heritages into Say that. just this watered-down version of whiteness. And so not understanding where your people come from if you're part of that community, what your ancestors' rituals were, what your food practices were, right? Uh, cheeseburgers and fries mm. are not mm. everyone's culinary lineage, mm. although we might say that that's what it is in the U.S. It's still in ours. I mean, I love a good burger, but part of fighting culinary appropriation is and fighting white supremacy is also for white folks to do the work in understanding their own lineage in terms of their own rituals. And, And, you know, this goes for all of our communities, um, regardless of our race or ethnicity. How are we connecting to our ancestry? Because at the end of the day, you know, I think one of the reasons why um, this is such an important issue, a deep issue, which, you know, so many important points have already been made, but that at this moment, you know, our gente are in concentration camps on the U.S.-Mexico border. Exactly. Right. Yep. People's bodies, women's bodies, mujeres, um, people with uteruses have those, those parts of them taken oh, out. Yeah. And, and so exactly um, to the point that was made earlier, to just adorn or take or consume without understanding all of the components that make up our identities in the Latinx right. community, 
all of the issues that we're struggling and fighting for really feels like we do not care. And so what is the distinction between culinary appropriation and appreciation is understanding, of course, the rituals, the, the ties that the food brings, but also the understanding Latinx issues today. Yes. What is impacting our communities today and how are you standing with us? How are you in solidarity with us? Right. Oh, and the fact that you can't just go and learn like I can't come to my girlfriend who's from Pakistan I can't go in her kitchen and just watch what she does and then decide I want to go make some money on this because it's really good Mm. you can't buy our recipes and you can't come home and then decide you're going to have some sort of way to financially fund the community after the fact Mm. Mm -hmm. we want to see your work we want to see what you're investing to the community what are you really doing that is showing appreciation for the community? Are, are you promoting having an intern in your business and teaching that person, hey, from bottom to the top, I want to show you the trade. I want to show you how you can run your own business. I want you to be successful so that you can have then yeah. your own business. Mm-hmm. So, like, these are different things. I mean, that's just one example of one way that someone could contribute to a different ethnic group and help support that ethnic group prior to even trying to capitalize on the meal. But at the end of the day, it's a super tricky and fine line because Mm -hmm. food is international. Food brings people together. And, you know, to the point of um, past the plate, right? Mm -hmm. We come from a culture where we sit together if we break bread together it's because we trust each other because we have mutual respect and when we decide to pass the plate we're sharing our community and our uh, what we value right so like for example i'm not gonna sit and at this table this particularly right here we're breaking bread together because Mm -hmm. we're sharing different perspectives but even sharing a meal or sharing ideas or mm-hmm. thoughts. We don't have to agree. Yeah. We can agree to disagree, right. but at the end of the day, can we stand up from this table, walk away, and still hold hands? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think exactly. one thing that people don't know how to do is honor those experiences because when we have those type of experience where we're sharing people into our culture and allowing them to be in it, it's an extension of ourselves. It's an extension of who we are, and we can't... It's like... I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, what is it that makes it good in the first place? Why is it that we always have to take it for our own gain? If that, mm. that makes sense, you yeah. know? We shouldn't be taking it for our own gain. Period, you know? <laughs> and it's just, like, how do we honor the people in our lives? And it's, if you look at our culture and you want to be a part of it, then I think it's really important to meet the people in it. You yes. know, meet them where they're at and Very understand, much. like, you know, why they make it in the first place. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I wasn't encouraging you. I was just... You know, being he was inspired in a by it. We got a good question, no. though. Yeah, please. We got a good question. Beverly on Facebook is asking Dr. J, what if their culture involves the oppression of others? Mm. Ouch. Oh, man. Now we just got into, some, into some muddy waters. Uh. Let's see what you got to say. <laughs> no, that's real. You know, I think that's why we need to make a distinction between the ideology of white supremacy whiteness as a uh, cultural milieu and thinking about white people, right? Those, those are three different distinctions. And the way that I see it and scholars in 
background that Latino studies often discuss it is that white supremacy as an ideology yeah. is a form of oppression. Mm. Yeah. But yes. white people are not inherently oppressive, although they benefit from mm. white supremacy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of um, what this really important question is getting at is that white folks in particular, and this is why I'm saying them because of white supremacy, but of course we know that light skin passing Latinx folks mm. also yep. privileged from white supremacy, right? So yep. there's many layers to this. I'm just trying to keep it brief here. Boom, pow, bang. Part of our work here then is to interrogate that ideology that oppresses, consumes, takes, Part of our work here is to do it from an intersectional perspective that also understands that capitalism, which I think Isabel brought up earlier, Mm -hmm. is also part of this idea of taking and taking and taking. And so what I would say to this question ultimately is that I believe that no culture inherently, or no individual group of people is inherently biologically determined to oppress. Rather, it is the ideologies that are the ones that dictate oppression and that individuals and communities allow or encourage those ideologies to continue because it benefits them. Very much right. so. Oh my so gosh. when we don't stand up, mm-hmm. when we don't raise our voices, when we don't speak up, and when we don't invite people to the table exactly. to understand where we're coming from, that's where we allow that, that oppression to continue. Correct. Yep. We allow, and we're grow. letting it continue mm-hmm. to happen. And history, what does it do? It repeats itself mm-hmm. when people don't stand up. And that's what we're seeing and experiencing today. We're seeing our community sick and tired of having to go through the same kind of battle and not having answers, not being heard. We're not being yep. heard. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We march. We fight. We raise our voices. Period. Everybody's fight is like different. This. Ours right now mm-hmm. is a courageous conversation. Yeah. So this is this is all part of why we're going to continue to have this conversation. <laughs> no, and we really appreciate your perspective, Dr. J, because... You know, a lot of us, like I said in the beginning, we don't all have the answers. We don't all have the right answer. We have our own point of view. We have our own understanding. But when we're listening to it from an educational standpoint, we're creating an opportunity for people to fall in line and hold our hands and understand where we're coming from and make better choices and reach out to the community that sometimes we may need to make connections with sometimes we don't Mm. but at this point in time we're all marching so what better than march together Mm. right each community fights differently you know and so at this point creating courageous conversations and keeping the conversation going and allowing people the opportunity to take a moment and understand it is extremely important. It's a must-have today. Of course. I have a question for you, mm-hmm. um, uh, Isabella. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isabel, excuse me. Um, as a, I'm going to say a young person, a younger person than myself, <laughs> uh, you know, you're a youth activist or, mm-hmm. you know, organizer. You know, when you have these type of conversations, how do you actually go to the youth and, you know, 
motivate them, express to them yeah. you know, the importance of that and having conversations such as this. You know, you mentioned, um, Maricela, that, for instance, with corn or just any type of your, mm-hmm. the cuisine, that's part of generational wealth and understanding and appreciation and mm-hmm. carrying on to further mm-hmm. generations. So as a younger person, how are you also doing that with um, younger individuals as well what i think what i love about the generation now is we're questioning everything exactly like we yes. know that everything that we've been taught is to an extent somewhat of a bs answer. <laughs> <laughs> and we 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 know we no, can they really it. understand yeah. i know ma yeah. i know <laughs> we can smell um like ungenuine like conversation and people and like uh, unauthentic people like right away mm. and so that's something that's really been dope whenever we do have conversations is we really question things to the point where we're like we want to know more and we want to understand more and more because we know that the dialogue and the narrative has only fed into for one um what's it called uh population or Mm -hmm. one like the people that it's meant for you know which is typically people that can uh Mm -hmm. take advantage of it that can um what's the word in spanish we say um convenencia it's convenient Mm. yes it's convenient to benefit Mm. from it yes and like one thing that i try my best to is that like whenever i'm with younger people that are like that are younger than me um, I like you that are younger than me. <laughs> you know, because like, uh, I ain't that, that, you know, that young, to be honest. <laughs> no, but like when I'm around them, like I always like make sure that they know their history as well. Mm. You know, and if they don't know their history, if I don't know the story behind that, then like, okay, let's question it. Let's exactly. let's look it up together. Let's yeah. like, look, I mean, because there's so much information, especially in social media. Oh, People yeah. are calling out things left and right. Mm-hmm. There's like, you know, educa- so much educational things, even on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so like... But there's so much derogatory dialogue as well. So sure. we have to know the difference right. between... And I, I really appreciate the fact that you say that when you have younger audiences you're trying to help them understand because that means you're mindful of your audience and that's something I always think about when I'm on social media sometimes I see some real funny stuff and I'm like oh god I can't even click on it because I'm really mindful who's gonna see that I clicked on it Mm -hmm. or that Mm -hmm. I laughed at it you know um and and I always think oh god my mom is on here my Mm -hmm. mom can see what I put on here you know but the fact that you're mindful of your audience and that they're younger and they are looking up and and you're aware that questioning everything is a good thing. Exactly. It, it, it can't is. be a bad thing. Yeah. It is. And I feel like sometimes people take that the wrong way when they're so stuck in, like, the norm. And they mm. want it to continue the status quo. But we can't. We literally cannot continue it. Because right. the more we do, the more oppression is going to happen. The more, like... There's just so much going on in our community. It's getting to the point where it's like we need to speak up. A closed mouth don't get fed. That's what my mom said. Period. You hungry? You better say something. Uh, You better get up and go make yourself a sandwich. (laughs) I'm glad that we have had the opportunity to really bring this all together. Um, Even though we went outside the realm of food, it still all encompasses all of that. You know, so thank you all very much for, again, your enlightenment, your education. I haven't been talking that much because I've just been sitting here soaking it it all up because I'm like, damn, I'm I'm learning that and I'm learning this. And I was like, okay, I'm hearing that. I appreciate that. So thank you all so, so much. Man, we just want to, we've been just kind of like going, haven't we? We just kept going. Do we even have time for questions on the line? 
We might. Um, what time is it? Uh, oh, we got like nine minutes. I know, right? Dr. Exactly. J, do you have any you ending go. inspirational right. quotes or advice that you'd like to give us and our younger youth watching? Please. Um, I just want to leave you all with a quote from one of my favorite philosophers, queer, Tecana Gloria Zaldúa. She says, do work that matters. Hmm. And I think Amen. that that's very apropos for anybody, where you're an artist, an educator, a mama, you know, whatever your identity might be, do work that matters because yeah. that's how we're going to make change. So I just want to say um, thank you so much to all of you, Wesley, Kevin, and Maritim, for having me on. Oh, man. And I will say goodbye on that note so y'all can get some more questions on the air. Oh, thank wow. you so thank much you. for your time. It was time. such an honor really and a privilege. It. Thank you very much, Dr. J. We'll talk to you once again. Take care. All right, peace. Thank you, peace. All right, oh, we're man. about to open the phone line for oh, yeah. maybe one or two calls before we got to drop off. I know, right? Exactly. Folks, thank you all so much for just uh, you know, joining in or listening into the conversation. Here is your opportunity. Uh, we, we're not meaning to leave you out. It was just the conversation was just so lively and insightful that we just kept going. <laughs> but please, if you have, if you'd like to share your opinion, perspective, please feel free to use that telephone um, line, uh, 651. One two hundred three four seven nine. Once again, it's six five one two hundred thirty four seventy nine. The phone lines are open, so please feel free to to do so. Um, while we wait, um, thank you, ladies that are here in the station with me. Thank you all so so much. Yeah, um, I, I I really appreciate uh, again this opportunity to to get the education and, and further i mean like you said there's so much opportunity to just simply go online and you know look up google look up some information but to have physical conversations face to face you know seeing how um the importance of certain points are yeah. you know i think it is very important so thank you all so much for being here because you know it means so much um, yeah, thank you for I, having us, Wesley. I really appreciate you taking the time to let us share this space for encouragement, empowerment, and uplifting, and just sharing awareness. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, even within our own communities and our own cultural ethnicities, don't understand yeah. some of the dialogue that we touch base on today. So mm. it's really important to continue these conversations. I look forward to the next couple weeks we got going because we're going to keep hitting y'all with some more stuff, some new and, and um, lively conversations here as well with definitely. some other special guests within our community. Mm. Um also, I know that Walter wanted to share something, and I'm going to read off some notes Walter, that he had. Please. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw it in here. Um, from Walter's perspective, he's saying that um, there's multiple ways to coming up with 10 at the end of the day. Mm. So since there are multiple lenses, valuable opinions and upbringing, um, it also involves a little bit of ignorance as well as understanding along with embracing each other. So um, if we can say I'm a real Latino or Asian or African and not practice your culture or mm. be involved, even if you're born in your own native country, um, at least we have an open forum mm. to share so that you can understand a little wow. bit. Wow, okay. So thank you for that. We Insightful. really appreciate it. Just- 
Dropping knowledge. Just, yeah, he's just hitting us Boom. here with some notes. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. So, yeah, I guess that's a plug-in for Samsung. Mm-hmm. Take notes, y'all. Uh, <laughs> man, uh-huh. no, that, that point is really important. And I think it's it's something that we, my nephew and I, talked about um, that sometimes within your own culture, you know, you find individuals that, you know, they may not practice or they may not fully understand. And they don't understand because they don't practice. Uh, right. And so there's that vicious cycle that goes around and yeah, around. Yeah, you and so, can't find value in something you don't understand or something you don't know and not familiar with. Or yeah. you find, I'm sorry, keep, please hold your thought, but, uh, or you fall, you find fault in um, individuals that are practicing. You feel that it's some affront to them you know, rather than, okay, well, the person that or organization that's doing something to our culture, you're you're supporting them or you're feeling that, oh, you know, yeah. what's wrong? Why are you acting this way? It's like they're yeah. doing so much for the, for the community and this and that. It's like, but wait, if you've never understood about our culture to a full, our culture to a full, how is it that you're kind of like taking somebody else's side, you know, yeah. when it comes to that? You know, if anything, why don't you come to me and ask me, yes. why did you feel this way? Ask or, questions. Do your research before you period. go and show up on any platform. Before you show up on any platform, do your research. Yeah. Know your audience. Exactly. Know the people you're talking about. Yeah. No. Um, and, and that's exactly why we're here. Yes. We want to share love and support and encouragement, but we also want people to actually give us the same respect that we have given and that mm. we continue to give. Um, so yeah, this is this was really enlightening. I'm I'm really excited about the continued conversations yeah. and um, you know if y'all have questions, the Unbougie Foodie is on Facebook and we, Instagram. We'll give you all that information yeah. in just a second. But Isabel Lopez, yes, we'll follow get, me Instagram Isabella underscore Lopez. <laughs> That's why I couldn't find you, girl. I was yeah, like, what the, the, underscore, yeah. the underscore, the underscore, the underscore, yeah. the underscore. No, yeah. But one thing, I don't know if we have that much time, but I think one thing we need to be mindful of is like with even within cultures, there's hierarchy. Yes. And you have to know your position within your own culture. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the privilege, you know, within colorism. And you need to check yourself of how you're using that within your own culture and how you are uplifting it, yep. you know, and helping it out. Um, and in doing that, check your privilege at the Period. door. Period. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Checking our privilege at the door doesn't mean, oh, you have so much more privilege than me. It means be humble. Mm. Tuck your tail between your legs. Relax just a minute. Understand. Listen. And then continue on having the conversation and sharing uh, with each other. No, yeah. Thank y'all for joining us. Yeah. We oh love you. God bless you. You're so yeah. funny. Thank you all so much for being here. Oh, my goodness. I tell you, I... Please, if you have any more questions and so forth, please reach out to us on Facebook, on Instagram. You could definitely send me an email on uh, theunbougiefoodie at gmail.com. But as I end every show, I want to encourage you never to let anyone tell you what type of foodie or person to be, you know, because it is food and so many other things that brings us together as a community and makes us strong. And so that end, people, peace. Peace out. (laughs) Thank you so much. Sit on down with the unbougie food day.